Welcome back. It's the Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV, AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. Getting, uh, wrapping up our first week on the air. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a week full of new announcements. And our kind of our final big announcement of the week is that every single week for the rest of the football season, we are going to be joined by Eric Eager of Pro Football Focus. Eric, thank you for being with us, man. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you? Good. I appreciate you joining us. Um, let me ask you this to start. I'm sure you saw, even if you're not a baseball fan, I'm sure you saw the analytic community get crushed over what happened with the Rays taking out Blake Snell. What is the biggest thing that you guys at Pro Football Focus have to fight against when people want to say that the, quote, nerds are ruining sports? Well, I, the hard part is, is in baseball, the the analytics make the game less enjoyable. You know, you, you, get, you get more of the three, you know, true outcomes, the blocks. No one likes walks. No one likes strikeouts. People like home runs, but they're not as frequent. You know, at least in football, the analytics So we saw last night, like Carolina missed two fourth downs and probably in many ways cost them the game. But no one wants to see them punt on those fourth downs. Right. So yeah. like that, that's a good that's something that we have that that's good. Um, you know, it, it's just the second guessing. But at the same time, like, I don't know, over time, you know, analytics and football, I think, make the game more enjoyable. And as such, like. You know, it's 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 not as up as big of an uphill climb, and there's not a lot of explaining ourselves necessarily on the back end that we have to do. Let me ask you this, and I, you know, you don't again, you're not an inherent baseball guy like you are a football guy, but I'm going to ask this anyways. I was making this point yesterday. I want to see if somebody just agrees with me. I almost think pitching in baseball has gotten too good that it's led us to those three true outcomes, right? There's going to be more strikeouts because the pitchers are so good they throw so hard, and hitters have recognized they can't hit four singles in an inning to score runs. They have to just wait for the three-run homer, whereas in football, better players has made for better and more enjoyable play. Do you see any way in which I could actually be right in this theory? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, you know, The thing about football, too, is that football used to be a lot more like this, where the passing game was – you know, 55% completion, uh, you know, longer average depth of targets. And so, you know, you'd run, run, and then either your running back would hit a big run or you'd throw a ball deep on third down and get a touchdown. And, you know, football is far more of like a singles hitting game in some ways now, whereas like I think of like that 10 to intermediate range, 10 to 19 intermediate range in the passing game as sort of more of like a double. Um, so it's kind of gone the other way in football where, you know, basically the way to play football now is to complete a bunch of seven to 15 yard passes and make your way down the field. And if you can stop those as a defense, you're doing pretty well. Um, it's sort of gone the other way, which is great because, you know, football used to be a lot worse when you were just waiting for Adrian Peterson or Barry Sanders to break off a 90 yard run after a string of two or three yard runs, or, you know, conversely, I mean, you sort of saw it Monday night with the Chicago Bears, where it's like, if your offense can't consistently move the ball, you're just praying for a deep shot. And that doesn't really always happen. You know, the Patriots are taking on the Bills, and this is really a make-or-break game for them. If they win, they can stay on the fringes of the playoff race. If they lose, they're done and might have a fire sale at the deadline. I don't need analytics to tell me the Patriots are not a good football team right now. The eye test tells me that alone. Is there anything in the analytics that should give me more hope about this team? No. I mean, <laughs> the, the hard part is you know, Cam Cam offered a lot of hope. You know, when, when you looked at that team, you know, they really didn't do a whole lot to their offense to get better from 2019, where one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the NFL struggled to, you know, move the football. 
And so they take him out. They put Cam in, who had some, who added something in the run game, but really from a passing perspective, is not anywhere near as accurate, not anywhere near as you know pinpoint as Brady. So I don't know what people expected. I mean, and then he comes out the first two games, plays extremely well, and we sort of let our guard down a little bit. We forget that there's you know still this huge void uh, for them offensively. Now defensively, assuming Gilmore can play on Sunday, I don't know if he's going to. Um, but you you saw the promise that they have defensively against the Chiefs, where if you you know look at like you know Gilmore you know matched up against you know the other team's best receiver, you look at uh, you know McCordy in the middle of the field, uh, you know they have a, the the chance to like shut down an opposing offense, and the Bills right now are not playing well on on the offensive side of the ball relative to where they were in the first four games. So there's a chance for them, but it's it's really going to be you know winning that sort of close low soaring game, you know, total on this game is 41. It's the lowest of the entire weekend. Um, you know, I, I think that that's their path, but I, even if they beat the bills this week doing that, I don't think that that means that they're anywhere near close to being good long-term though. Eric Eager, Pro Football Focus, with us here on the Brady Farkas Show, WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. You know, early in the year, I thought Cam was the guy. They should re-sign him. And now I'm kind of formulated in my mind that Cam shouldn't be on this team next year, even if he plays well for the rest of the stretch. And the reason why is like, we think of Cam as this great athlete and he certainly is athletic, but he's a lot more rigid than a guy like Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson. There's really no fluidity to his game. So if he's not going to hit passes at a high completion percentage and he's not that athlete to extend plays like they do, what is he really? I think he's now closer to statue than I gave him credit for. Yeah, it, in the passing game, it's it's not fluid. You're right. I mean, and, and the hard part is that, you know, you need a sort of a brilliant offensive play caller and great weapons to sort of extract some of those things out of him. And when he was – the last time he played well for an extended stretch of time, 2018, first half of the year, you had McCaffrey in the backfield. You had DJ Moore crossing, you know, the field. You had uh, Curtis Samuel. You really did. And Greg Olson, you had some good players. Like the Patriots don't have this on their team, you know. So he's throwing passes to Demir Bird. Uh, you know, they don't have a receiver who's drafted who's going to play on Sunday. Like it, it's just it's a tough task to ask him. And like I think Newton's an example of quarterback for whom everybody's wrong. The people who have always sort of thought he was a bum because for whatever reason were wrong. But the people who thought he was like this, okay, let's start paying him $20 million after the first week. Like, obviously that was wrong too. So I don't know, like this team, it, it, the, the nice part about the NFL is it's so low sample that like your know, Detroit last year started three and four, three, four and one. And were able to get the top three pick after their quarterback got hurt. Just because New England tried this thing with Cam this year doesn't mean they can't tank. I mean, they're two and four or whatever right now. They could easily just lose the rest of the games and get a top five pick. So I thought he was a good signing, especially at that dollar price. But the the smart thing that the Patriots have done is that, you know, they're if they lose this week, they'll just cut bait and, and eventually, you know, sort of get that top pick that I think, it, to your point, offers more than, you know, what Cam is currently doing for them at the quarterback position. I can understand money valuations of positions, right? We now understand that running backs, you don't need to spend a ton of money on. And I can get on board with, you know, I'm in favor of not overpaying a wide receiver that takes up half your payroll or something. But I saw a take the other day that said, wide receivers are the most overrated position in sports and you can just plug and play. That can't be true, right? If that was true, the Patriots wouldn't be this bad offensively, right? 
Yeah, I think wide receivers are actually like the second or third most valuable position group in the NFL because you can see what great players at that at that position can do to an offense. You look at, you know, obviously Seattle's a super team. You know, two wide receivers they have, you know, are immense. Uh, obviously Arizona going from a team that, you know, won five games all of last year to five games currently with DeAndre Hopkins in the fold. Stephon Diggs has, you know, changed the, ball, the Buffalo Bills offense. Uh, you know, the struggles that the Ravens are having offensively are almost entirely because they don't have a number two wide receiver to go along with Marquise Brown, um, you know, Minnesota has been competitive the last few games because Justin Jefferson's played well. Like there's a number, you know, receivers can really elevate an offense and the lack thereof can really limit an offense. We saw last year with, with the Patriots. I mean, Brady's one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. And he struggled last year down the stretch because none of their guys could get open. Eric Eager, Pro Football Focus with us here. Brady Farkas, show WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Let me get you out of here on two more quick questions. I made this argument yesterday. And now that you bring up last year's Patriots, I want your take on it. Do we, they finished 12 and four, but were last year's Patriots even good? Like they did, as I go back on it, three pick sixes, four blocked punts, a lot of things that you can't replicate season to season, sometimes even week to week. Were they even that good last year or did they have a fortunate schedule with some splash plays sprinkled in you can't really account for? They were truly good defensively the whole year. The, the issue was is obviously the turnovers in the first half of the year are not repeatable in the second half of the year. I think you know teams like Pittsburgh are going to find that out this year. Um, you know Pittsburgh I think is a very similar team. Um, they might have better receivers, but like they're living off of you know really good man coverage and and you know plus turnovers right now. Um, but no, I mean the Patriots are fine. They're not a twelve and four team, and you know it's probably just that they ended up in the three seed as opposed to the one or two seed. But no, they're they were a good team. It was just not not good offensively, and they were mostly built off a of defense, which we know year to year and even game to game is not a sustainable way to win football games. That's why you know your know, defense is just not the way to build a team if you want to build a champion. How much blame do I put on Josh McDaniels? Because I've put a lot of blame on him. You mentioned he did creative play caller and a good scheme. I watched what, what the 49ers did to the Patriots last week, and they're clearly kind of afraid of Jimmy Garoppolo just cutting it loose, yeah. but they did things to let him be successful and allowed athletes to make plays. The Patriots, I see no creativity, and I don't know if I'm missing something or if McDaniels is what I think he is right now and not very good. No, I, I mean, I think it's fair. You know, the, the thing with, you know, uh, Garoppolo's first last week in yards per attempt, but second lowest in, in uh, air yards, like so depth to target for yeah. pass attempt. So it was just crazy how they were able to get the linebackers. And, you know, New England's low on linebackers for reasons that aren't their, really their fault with the opt-outs and things like that. So, you know, they really attacked. But they also have speed everywhere. I mean, the, the difference between the Patriots – and the, the 49ers is the, the 49ers are able to get, you know, their lower tier players still have traits like Jeff Wilson's like a athletic running back, you know, uh, Jarek McKinnon, same thing. You know, the, the guy Breida that they had before they traded the Dolphins, same thing. Like their, their weaker players still have traits that you can exploit. New England not only has like unheralded players, but they have unheralded players at skill positions that aren't like athletic or talented so it's it's not I don't think McDaniel has a whole lot to work with I wouldn't say that he's brilliant but I wouldn't say that he's like the the worst thing that's you know he he's not you know problem number one for this team Patriots and Bills coming up Sunday at one we need the Patriots to not only have better execution but just better effort because uh, last week against San Francisco they really did lie down Eric Eager a pro football focus going to join us every single Friday at 545 to break down the Patriots and the and the week and the league as a whole for the week ahead. Eric, we appreciate it. We'll do it again next week. Thanks for having me.